right, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Last I Heard podcast, starring me, Lee Dempsey, Lee D, they call me, or Leland. Um, this is our first podcast. We're going to basically kind of just spitballing it. Um, not too much on the docket day other than my good buddy, Cody Knutson, professional race driver for Ice Oval Snowmobiles. He's at the top class of his uh of his league here, and uh, we got him on here, my good buddy Cody. How you doing, man? Hey, Lee. I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's good to have uh, – I'm good to uh, be a part of your first ever podcast here and uh, happy to uh, be the first one to start things off right. Yeah, man. I, I really appreciate your time. Uh, you're probably the one and only person that I could even get right now, but you were the first one to come to <laughs> come to the idea anyways. So it's uh it's good. I'm 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 batting a thousand right now. So it feels good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uh yeah, the middle of the week and all of our friends are normally doing this thing they call a job or something yeah. these days. So suckers. Um <laughs> So yeah, no, it's uh I'm happy to be a part of things, and it's cool to see uh, us, you know, starting something new. And look forward to hearing uh, what you got in store for uh, future episodes. Yeah, for sure. I know. Uh, I I guarantee you're going to be a pretty frequent guest on here, so I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but first off, man, you're back up into the snowmobile season. That just started uh, in Eagle River. Am I correct? Yes, you are. Uh, we got the season kicked off um, in Eagle River this past weekend. Something new for us that we've never done before. We've always had a couple races before Eagle River, but uh, we decided to split out and head down to the Dominican Republic for uh, a little vacay while one of the races was going on um, up here in uh, uh, Michigan. So, um uh, yeah, we we came back and got off the plane and got the sled ready and headed to uh, uh, Eagle River to literally go from 85 degree weather to negative uh, 10 degree weather. So, Ooh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss that. At all. I don't miss the cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking just like this last week, I was like, man, I actually miss being at those races, though. Like first time ever I can say that i've never missed it before but i i didn't i didn't miss it this time i was like man just being at the track smelling the fumes you know and uh just you got you got that mentality everyone's kind of like you know pinned up ready to go you know they've been itching to go since uh since they got up the sled last year um yeah that's what yeah it feels we like. uh yeah, it's been a long time. Um, obviously, last year we had things uh, come to an end uh, pretty quick when we actually had a season-ending crash at uh, Eagle River, and uh, that put us out of contention, and we were forced to be sidelined for the rest of the year. So we had uh, some work to do this off season, and we got things back on track, and um, we were just happy to kind of get back out on the ice and see what we had to offer. What did uh What did Eagle River have to offer for you? Uh, Eagle River is uh, uh, known as the Coliseum. I like to call it now. Um, it's uh, it's always been a pretty intimidating place, and uh, actually, it's the track is under new ownership this year, so everybody kind of came in with uh, an open mind and uh, looked to you know see what uh, they could do with things and. 
we were we came out of the trailer pretty fast uh and i i think that we were top 10 in qualifying and you know that's as high as we've ever qualified there out of like 24 champ sleds i think was there so we qualified ninth i think it was or 10th and uh we were feeling really good and uh we went into uh friday night uh thunder the the night show which uh draws a lot of spectators out and there's fireworks and activities for everyone and the kids and it's a pretty neat deal to be a part of and um we we've done so-so on friday nights we've never really had a lot of success at eagle river period but we, we take what we can get and we we roll with it so um friday we actually ended up having um a crash um which ended our night and banged me up a little bit and bruised me up in a couple spots and so we were left to kind of regroup and get things back together to try to qualify for the big race on Sunday, which was the kind of the biggest goal of the whole weekend is to make the big race on Sunday. So Saturday we regrouped and, um, you know, we got everything uh, straightened back out in the flood that was damaged from the first crash and literally didn't make it even past turn one in the first heat on Saturday and a tie rod or a, I mean a heim joint actually broke which made my sled lose control of itself and I was just a passenger at that point and uh long story short I found myself in the bales for the second time uh the, this week that weekend and uh this time it was a lot uh lot harder of an impact into the hay bales than the previous time and um at that point i kind of just uh was like you know what let's uh let's take a step back and regroup and let's just get out of here and go back and see what we can do uh in a future event down the road um kind of got into my head a little bit mentally and physically I wasn't uh, I didn't feel I was going to be able to give the guys um, 110 percent out there and it's not not fair to them and it's not fair to myself to go out there and try to only do it you know half half do it half I guess you could say half ass -ass. yeah (laughs) (laughs) do it half ass so I kind of just we we agreed to kind of just pack up and head home and you know I was still walking and I guess that's always a positive so we're uh we're in the middle of regrouping here this week to get ready to go to our next race this weekend yeah man that's great where where's the next one this weekend this weekend we're heading up to the wasa 525 okay um probably are going to be our closest race for the year um they got two events there this year so this will be the first one and uh weather forecast is looking brutal i mean way brutal uh Saturday morning wind chills are going to reach uh, about negative 25, it shows, so. <laughs> I mean, so for, I hope, for considering, I hope, uh, considering the past years, though, like, how many races have been canceled because it's too warm? Like, it's yeah. kind of nice that at least you're going to have a race, you know? Like, it'll be brutal, because yeah. it's always brutal, but um, yeah. but at least it's there, you know, for once. Yeah, that's uh, it's almost it almost seems like it's like one extreme to the next. Mm. Either it's way too warm and the ice is melting, or it's so cold that they can't even make ice because the trucks are freezing up and everything else. So it's like we can't find a happy medium. 
Yeah. And it, it makes for a long weekend, honestly. You know, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, cold weather, that's great. You know, yeah, yeah, well, it's it's not great. It's not great for two reasons. Uh, the spectators don't want to come out to watch a race right. when it's that cold. I mean, I don't blame them. I wouldn't sit and watch a snowmobile race when it's negative 20 either. No, you get why I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear you. And and two, I mean, uh, us drivers are wearing such minimal clothing out there, yeah. you know. And um, if you think, you know, you take a wind chill that's uh, negative 10 degrees out or something and you put a, you get on a sled that's going 80, 90 miles an hour, think of how much the wind chill is, like, uh, multiplied, you know, with that speed. And we're out there with such minimal clothing and your hands are numb and everything else. So it just makes for a long weekend and you can't wait to get back to the trailer to warm up. And, but, you know, I guess, like you said, we'll take it. Um, it's better to run an event or, uh, than to have one canceled due to warmth. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, with, so like you were saying in uh, Eagle River, so you had the accidents um, this past weekend. How many accidents do you think have you had throughout your race career? You know, I've been actually pretty fortunate. We were talking about that, too, after I had the two this weekend. And, you know, over the past, um, you know, seven years, I think, that I've been running um, these, these uh, sleds now, I've only crashed maybe – I'd say it's less than a half dozen. I mean, and I think that's um, a pretty uh, a good number. Uh, honestly, with uh, the sport that we're in, crashing seems to be just part of the business. And uh, um, if you go out there and expect that you're not going to crash, you might as well just, you know, get that out of your mind because it's going to happen. And you're, there's 11 other guys out on the grid with you. And you know, there could be a mechanical failure with somebody at any time and they get into you or you have a, a, a mechanical issue yourself, as we did. And um, it always seems to, to happen at the worst times. I don't think there's a good time to crash, but uh, right. I've been pretty fortunate over my career so far. I haven't broke any bones or anything like that. So I think that's that's a positive. And if you can, if you can stay healthy after your crashes, um, right. I think the... The, the bruises and the the cuts and stuff like that are, I guess, are going to happen. But uh, if you can keep the bones intact, I think you're you're winning for sure. Absolutely. I I've been uh, looking around, hearing more about uh, like serious injuries um, with um, basically uh, motorsports in general. And um, like yeah. Dale Earnhardt Jr. basically sounded like he left NASCAR because of the amount of concussions he was getting uh, over and over yep. again. And it, it seemed like, um, you know, it was a good point for him to leave because that, uh, you know, everyone knows nowadays, you know, concussions can lead to, you know, CTE and, uh, you know, that can have huge effects on your life. I think Dan Patrick, I honestly think that she left more so because of the injury aspect. She was crashing all the time. Um, so I do you think it's, um, you know, if, if it's a certain injury that comes along, that uh, that'll be the deciding factor whether you continue the sport or do you think you'll um you know hopefully leave under your own kind of terms yeah i think that uh unfortunately i think it happens all too frequently that um, 
that, you know, a specific injury is the one that makes you walk away from something that you love, and especially in our sports. I've seen it over the past couple of years. Some guys have had to, uh, you know, leave the sport just because of the fact that they've had an injury or they're having, you know, concussions or something like that. At the end of the day, I've always said that, you know, you got to, you got to look at life past racing. Um, you're not going to be racing a champ sled when you're 50 some years old or 60 some years old. And, 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 you know, and you, when you risked it all, when you were young and ended up doing something and getting hurt, you know, and it's going to affect you later in life, you know, I, you, I've always worried that I'm going to be you know kind of mad at myself if there's something were like that to happen because you got so much life left to live you know yeah to to risk it all for you know for what i mean um you know don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say that you know racing's a bad thing to do or anything like that but um i guess i can see you know i can see light at the end of the tunnel so to speak i mean to walk away from from uh, this sport, uh, 100% healthy is a huge uh, um, accomplishment, I believe. And I think that um, a severe injury, you know, uh, I, I guess I would say that, you know, there's a, a possibility that, uh, I mean, really any crash would be a deciding factor for me at this point in my career. I mean, I'm 27 years old now, and I mean, I've you know, in, in our sport, that's getting up there in age. And, you know, there's, there's other things in life that, um, that I have now, um, in my life that I didn't have, you know, a couple of years ago where mm-hmm. I thought I was invincible. And when you crashed, you just got back out there and did it right away. And yeah, you know, you were fearless. And, you know, I think as I've gotten older and there's other things in life now that matter more to me, things like that that i've used my a little bit more caution um when it comes to things like this you know um i kept saying the old me would have crashed at eagle river and i would have said you guys got it fixed yet and been right back out there the same day right uh this me was kind of like you know what um no i'm gonna take the rest of the night off and just reflect and think about you know where i'm at and what we should do and um, I think it took a little bit for the guys, uh, the crew to get their head kind of on the same page as I did, just because I think, you know, of so many years that, uh, they had the Cody that would want to run back out there and do it. And, um, I think this year is kind of getting everybody on the same page where I'm at, uh, mentally. And, um, I think that that goes a long ways um, to making the right decision on when you feel that enough's enough or it's a, a good time to walk away. Absolutely. Um, when you, when you look back on, uh, on everything that you've done, uh, racing wise, um, do you, do you wish for like some of the same people to like you see upcoming, like saying kitty cats, you're, you're pretty involved in like, uh, local kitty cat races and stuff. You make appearances and, um, talk yep. to talk to kids who are up and coming in the sport. Do you wish for um, kids um, to kind of be in the same path as you did, as you you know you kind of had to crawl through the ranks, you know, um, yep. to to get to the champ level? Um, do you wish that upon them, that they learn, you know, progressively rather than some people who um, you know just jump in, they go from kitty cats, and then you know they just happen to have the money. And they go to champ like right away, you know. That's such a, such a um, 
complete difference in ends, you know, like from speed yeah. and machine and difficulty yeah. riders around you. Uh, yeah, do you do you wish them to have the same kind of experience that you did, or do you promote getting in there quicker? I'm a firm believer in um, kind of running the ladder. Uh, you know, take it step by step. If, if we've seen a couple times where you know people jump into the uh, elite level in sports because they have a financial backing them, and you know whether they're ready or not, they're in there. And sometimes you feel that maybe they're not ready to be at that level. Right. Um, I, I stress that uh, when I go to the kitty cat uh, races and talk to the youngsters that they should continue to just continue to keep getting better at their current class and move up one step at a time. I mean, I know it seems like when you're in kitty cats, it's a long ways away, but you know, it, it really isn't. I mean, things happen pretty fast. Seasons go by quickly. And next thing you know, you're on the doorstep of jumping into uh, jumping on a professional champ sled. And, um, you know, and I, I, I can attest to that. I mean, I started out real small and kind of came through the rankings and you would say that I probably came to the champ level a little bit late in my career as far as age wise. But, um, I came up to champ when I was, uh, when I was, I felt I was ready to be up right. in that elite class. And I also had to uh, make sure that I was, you know, financially sound to be in this professional class too. You know, you, that's the worst thing um, besides not being ready to race in the class is if you were to jump up to this class and realize you can't do it financially, then you're, then you're also stuck too. So I'm a firm believer in just, you know, climbing the ranks and taking it season by season and, you know, almost race by race and just keep continuing to progress your skills and progress your team and learn, go practice there, you know, and you have time to just make laps and take practice, you know, go practice. And you'll, you'll get a better feel for the sled that way, I think. And uh, you'll be able to always be able to relay that information back to your team uh, when, when the, when the sled needs adjustments and stuff and, so yeah, I think that uh, I think start out young and take your step by step, and you know it may seem like a long ways away, but uh, like I said, that uh, that professional class isn't too far off. Absolutely. Um, do you see yourself like um, like say say when the day comes when it's all when the racing is done? Um, say, do you see yourself? taking um taking a different role in the sport like uh let's say comparable to like a ryan dungy when it comes to supercross he's still very involved with them um and with uh the charities that they have um making appearances and, and getting there helping out uh other uh riders from his uh old team um do you do you see you still having that impact with the sport yeah, you know, I actually haven't really thought about that uh, part of it all that much. Um, I think, <clears throat> I mean, if I think about it at this point in my career, I think that if I'm ready to walk away, I think I'm ready to just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it doesn't mean that just because of the fact that when I want to be, I'm kind of, I found myself to kind of be like when I'm when I'm done with it, I don't really want to, I want to be done with it. I don't want to have ties to it because I'm going to miss it and end up wanting to do it again. Mm. And I think that, um, I look at it a little bit different than other people do. And it's just kind of, I guess who I am, you know, I, 
I'll always follow the series and I'll always help anyone out that needs it or anything like that. But um, uh, to like get myself involved uh, in a different way, you know, um, helping the series out or anything, I don't see myself <clears throat> jumping into that right away. Right. Um, I think maybe, you know, there's always opportunity down the road. Um, I, I would love to be able to help promote, uh, the champ class, you know, and try to get that, uh, uh raise the safety factor in snowmobile racing in general. And, but, uh, I think right after my career is done, I think I'll take some time off and, uh, just, uh, let, let things go. And maybe, you know, who knows down the road, I'll get back involved somehow. Yeah, man. Um, so you've kind of you've kind of had some team members uh, come and gone in the past um, to help you out. Um, some very notable ones, um, and I I was there fortunately for um, quite a while. And you know, yep. there even through that period, there was uh, people that uh, came and went, and you know, uh, joined back up. Um, yep. You got uh, any stories that you and I share at all? Like, um, you know, just like I, I can't, I'll never forget like the celebratory uh, songs that we had in the trailer, like that oh, uh, that one amazing year you literally. had. Um, and yeah, we're we're that right, yeah. that right there. Just a quick side note that you just saying that reminds me of that time. Like, literally, literally gives me goosebumps just thinking about how. Yeah badass that was <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> holy cow oh man yeah i mean was... literally not to cut you off again no, but i had the radio playing in the trailer the other day and i go to the back and i'm like I'm like something fu- sounds funny back here here we must have blown one of the speakers <laughs> out back there back when we were bumping up in here Oh yeah, or whatever we were listening to, a little DMX. We had the bass yeah. a little too high, I think. We blew the old yeah. speaker out in the trailer, and I'm like, you know what? Leave it. That's funny. <laughs> you know, that's a good memory to talk about. Yeah, for sure. You but, should just uh, put you should just put tape on that on that speaker that's blown out, and 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 yeah. you're like DMX was here. Uh, <laughs> DMX was here. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you no, had, you had an amazing year that year. Like it was just insane. It seemed like you know between key races and finals. You were just killing it. Yep. Like it was like yep. Cody's in the top two. <laughs> like every single race, we're just like God. You were flying, man. Every single race, I was like, dude, he could be out there with champ guys right now. He doesn't even need you know all the extra shit. Yeah, he, you're killing it. I loved it. Yeah, that uh, that was an incredible year. I mean, you know, going back to like uh, you saying having crew members come and go and any memories, you know. <clears throat> When I first started out snowmobile racing, I had a bunch of guys from high school that I, you know, that they'll be on. I'll be honest, and they'll probably attest to this too. And you being one of them, didn't know a ton about racing. Oh no, I didn't know a ton about racing snowmobiles. No, for sure. But not. I didn't care, and I just wanted them to be a part of something fun. So I just drug them along with me anyway, mm-hmm. and they they soon figured out that maybe this is kind of cooler than what it sounded like. So yeah. they started coming more and more. And, we just create, you know, had so many memories over the year and the team would grow each year, and, you know, until this, you know, to this day, there's nothing better than hanging out with a bunch of guys at the hotel or, you know, just going out to dinner as a team. And those, those memories I'll remember forever. And, uh, even if you do, you know, have guys come and go, it seems like another guy will step up or another guy comes in and, mm. 
you know, understandably things, you know, people's lives change and there's, they take them in different directions. And, you know, as we all got to remember, these are unpaid positions, you know, and you're spending weekends away from your family and it gets tough, you know, and, you know, it's, like I said, I, I've never uh, held it against anyone if they were unable to make it to a race or unable to help for a year or they had to go a different route. I mean, I take the times that we did have together and, you know, and remember them. And like you said, you know, you can remember uh, the songs that we used to play. And, um, you know, that was that was an incredible year. You know, we we were we were oh man we were i felt like we were fast every oh, weekend yeah. and we'd come out of the trailer and we'd be like, i'd be like wow you know this thing is fast again mm. and uh i don't even know really how it started though like why did we start playing dmx when we want to race i have no idea how i i i kind of remember <laughs> so i remember because i think it was alexandria was like yeah. either it was either the first the race first of the year what yep. was it the first race of the year total or no 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 it's probably like middle of the year oh okay so i i remember thinking out and i was like man like i want a win song you know like i think at the time i like the philadelphia flyers they they win a song and they were playing mac miller knock knock like after every win and i was like that's what we need man we need a song and i was like what is just gonna get us like crazy after every win <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I picked some DMX because he's barking in there, you know. And uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was thinking, though, like, it was on the drive to Alexandria. And then, yeah, sure enough, like, you get a huge win. Like, I mean, that's always kind of been your track anyways. You've always done very well there. But um, but I just had a feeling. I was like, this we need a song, and we're going to get a song. And then, um, yeah, we did that. And then, um, who was it? Jeff Speed. He comes in there and he uh, he turns on some Papa Top and then you know next thing you know we're cracking beers too like the whole trailer everyone's in there cracking <laughs> cracking cold ones um, right after we do DMX so it was a two song it was a two song uh, step program there in the trailer you know like it's either bumping and then we got we go country right away and it was oh, awesome was and like you couldn't ask for two different genre yeah. of music i mean <laughs> alan jackson the dmx yeah it, but, it was a leap. i mean we'd have it so loud that um we literally i think the neighbors knew the trailers next to us knew that we must have had a successful weekend oh yeah i'm sure they could hear the music in their trailer you know <laughs> yeah it, it didn't matter if you were parked next to us like <laughs> during that weekend and you're you in a totally to different class you only raced <laughs> twice the entire weekend you heard that song play even once you're like oh top tier must have yeah. won another one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know when dmx came on the trailer started jumping you know we had to jump to the beat and mm -hmm. next, i think the trailer was probably a rocking and it wasn't rocking for the reasons that people thought probably <laughs> <laughs> But no, those times are awesome. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade that for nothing. I mean, you know, we went a bunch of, a bunch of Wisconsin boys decided to go to Canada and race, and we went, and oh, had yeah. to get our passports in the last minute, and oh, I mean, yeah, think about the cool time going to Canada and winning the Pro Light Championship, yeah. and that was oh, great. All right, there. And, I mean, it's it's unbelievable to think of all the things that I've accomplished. Um, just just little things uh over my you know career in racing here and i mean it's 
it's been so much fun and wouldn't trade it for anything that's for sure absolutely man i mean yeah like you said that trip to canada like that was that was insane like all the stuff that we did there that trip there the track like the trip back like i i could tell you i could go on probably for hours about just that trip alone and like the race like oh it's like oh i remember on the way there we get into canada and there's just a huge storm which and also it it depends on who you're talking to um when it when it comes to you know what car you were in and what you were experiencing in that car because it's different every time like your your truck hauling the trailer that's completely different story on the way there when you're crossing the border me it comes to i'm in this little rinky dink car um in the middle of a snowstorm i can't see the car that's in front of me that i'm following nor the lines on the side of the road and i'm driving everyone else is asleep besides your grandpa next to me and I'm like, awesome. I think I'm going to kill us. Like, I'm thinking that the whole time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go in a ditch and everyone who's sleeping isn't going to wake up again. I was like, I I was scared out of my mind. No one knew that. I don't think at the time because they were sleeping. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then even on the way on the trip back home, I had like the longest leg of the trip. Well, I couldn't sleep the entire time until I had to drive. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall asleep and I'm going to kill these people again. Like, it's the same situation. And we all know. And those of you who don't know, Lee does a, Lee does a, does really good in a car. Um, <laughs> you could be a mile down the road and he's banging on the back of your seat asking you when we're gonna get there. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> I can't be like locked up like when every time I've been taking uh, like flying back home, even just sitting in the in the plane seat, I'm like I'm like I gotta stretch my legs, I gotta stretch my neck, I gotta do something. I'm like freaking out. It's like three hour plane ride and I'm like I gotta get out of this box. You know, this tube flying at, you know, thousands of miles an hour. I'm like, God, man. it is, Yeah, it's brutal. And like a car, you know, you're in it. You were, man, we traveled oh, yeah. so far and, and so long. The best part about it is like if you talk to a local, they would be like, oh, we just had a little snow, little snow today. Oh, yeah. We were like thinking, uh, I'd be, it's, that's a state of emergency. Where we live. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're driving cars like nobody's business down the road. Like, yeah. it's no big deal. And we're white knuckling it the whole time. Yeah, dude. We're from, <laughs> we're from Wisconsin, man. We get snow, we get cold. And we go up to Canada, yeah. and we're looking like we're we Florida look- <laughs> people who had just seen a <laughs> yeah. snowflake for the first time. Like, oh my God, pull to the side of the road. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> It's exactly crazy. I didn't. Yeah, on. I did not expect Canada to be on that whole nother level than what it was. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was For like, sure. I get why people only come up here during the summer. I was like, I get it. <laughs> and the best part, and the the best part about it is, we really never seen Canada in the daylight, other than being at the racetrack. No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is so the hotel, true. Back from the hotel was always dark. Yep. Going into Canada was dark. Coming back out, it was dark. We never seen what it looked like in the daytime. Nope. Yeah, I have no idea. And then, like, I'm not even paying attention. I remember one time I came to the track. I think I brought, like, the girls or whatever. Uh, we, we went later. Yeah. And, um, yeah. like, there was daylight there for the first time. But I'm staring at the, the uh, speedometer the whole time because I'm like, man, what? how fast am I going right now? I was like, am I speeding? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm still looking at miles per hour. I got cruise control <laughs> yeah. on 70, you know. And I'm like, holy crap, how many, you know, kilometers yeah. per hour am I going? I don't know. It's it's all little on the dash. I can't see it, you know. I'm like, God. So I just keep staring at that. Put cruise on there. I'm like, oh, I got to go, you know, eight miles per hour slower than I think or whatever it was. I can't remember. But, oh, yeah, man. it was wild. Over. 
it was wild and then stories the, of my life yeah man yeah. and like that that awesome. racetrack it was it was hot so like there was like the oh, last day yeah. there was like a basically that an ocean like, in the middle of the track i'm like this race matters damn it i was like <laughs> i was like we can't have like this is one of the most important ones of the year you know cody seals yeah, it we, here we, we, we need <laughs> this to be fine <laughs> Oh, do you remember when I came in? It literally looked like I just went swimming. In the oh, yeah. I mean, it my, was bad. It was, literally could wring my stuff out and oh, just yeah. watch the water come out. It was oh, bad. Oh, that was bad. You, yeah, you watch, like, the videos on that. I mean, granted, they, they tried their best to take as much water out of the track as possible, yeah. you know, with, uh, yeah. like, rumors and stuff, but... It was still. They did a good job considering. Yeah. Remember, it was like it had. It was like fifty degrees. Yeah. It was every. Yeah. No one had their jacket on. That's for sure. (laughs) No. No one was. No one was cold. It was a bright, shiny day out. You know. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Exactly. Man, that yeah, that was a blast. Going. You know what? I gotta say though, one thing that disappoints me the most about Canada. Tim Hortons, man. That's like a Dunkin' Donuts. That was nothing to brag about. I was like, man, I haven't seen this on hockey billboards um, like forever. Tim Hortons. And there's a cup of coffee on there. I'm yeah. like, man, they must, that must be good, man. That must be good. Nope. I was like, what a freaking disappointment. It was right by the track, so we went there. But I was like, man, this is just, everything was like microwave food and stuff. I was like, man, go to a gas station and get the same stuff. I was, I was bummed. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man. Um, so, man, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, what are real, real special moments that we had uh, on the track? Um, there's some crazy ones for sure. I remember the first time you won. Yeah, no. You won at Eagle River. That was crazy too. You know, and it was like uh, you you just capitalized. You you ran a perfect race while two people ahead of you were battling. And it was just, like, insane. I remember watching that, and it usually you don't get that in racing that often where it's, a like, a single, like, moment that you can look at and be like, that's where you got, you got it, you know? Like, you had it. Because, yeah, it was like they, they were trying to kind of um, cut up into each other, and then you just kind of went below and just, like, sped. You just were like, you're gone. You were just gone, like, right underneath them while they were battling. And I'm like, that's it, you know? Like, that's like a Hail Mary in football right there. Like, you got it. You oh, We yeah. knew it. We are like, he's got the world championship right here. It was just, it was so great to watch that. I don't even really remember that. God, that was a good memory. That was a long time ago. That right? was. That was early on. Pretty, I mean, considering your career, it was, it was earlier on in your career that was – yeah uh that was yeah for sure that was the first big win and kind of proved to the team that we could do this and uh we were having a lot of fun that day for sure i mean it might have been uh uh limited 500 championship but it felt like we just won the the world championship i think so um yeah we were having a lot of fun that day and that made uh that made the season uh that year for sure and kind of compelled us to just continue to keep going and uh, get better equipment and uh, get some new stuff under our belts and um, kind of put me up to, I guess you could say it was like the Kickstarter to kind of like where we are now. Right, yeah. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely crazy to see, like, um, I wish I, I wish I honestly had pictures of every single sled that you had more in detail um, to see the progression of a machine that you've been on, you know, like just the power. I mean, you started with that, uh, that Merc and, um, 
I remember <laughs> I, I remember going to the track, you know, with you that first time uh, when you were uh, racing that. I want to say that was Anago or Ironwood. I can't remember exactly Ironwood. which one Ironwood yep. it was. And getting out of the trailer, yep. and I, I saw that machine, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, is this thing going to take him around the track, or is it going to take him, you know, over the bales somewhere? I was like, who knows where this machine's been or going. It's a wild, it's a wild <laughs> one. <laughs> I mean, it was what the twister or something like that. Um, yeah, was, yeah, the Mercury uh, snow twister. Snow twister, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was, she that was, was a brute, but yeah. that's that. Uh, that got me hooked. That yeah. was the that was the uh, year of like getting hooked into this sport. And the guy that actually owned them sleds, who is a current sponsor of ours, uh, of ours Scott Doherty, he actually warned me. He says, "You go race one of these." you're gonna get hooked and you're gonna <laughs> yeah. want to continue to keep getting better or getting better and better stuff i'm warning you yeah and i kind of just was a young punk at that time which i probably still am to some people <laughs> but uh i was like you know whatever i'll just i'm gonna do it and, you know i'm sure it'll be fun but i can't you know and next thing i know here i'm pulling around a 40 48 foot fully wrapped trailer and mm-hmm. i got a, a brand new champ sled in the trailer now and it's just like look at how far we've come and how much i've progressed so i guess if there's anybody to thank for this madness i guess i gotta thank scott doherty for warning me that i was gonna get hooked on <laughs> yeah, it right. he, it yeah, ended he, up actually truly happening yeah he, <laughs> he gave you a fair warning for sure <laughs> yeah he, he definitely did yeah, man. Uh, man, Scott's a character, too. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of how many seasons you actually raced with him. Was it just one, or was it two? Or... Um, I think we did one full season, one full and then, one. like, we did a half season um, the year prior to that. So it was, like, a year oh, and yeah. a half, I okay. think, for him. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, in the few years that uh, I was with you and you were with, uh, with him, um, that yeah, he's a character, man. He's hilarious. He's one of oh, like, yeah. the funniest he's guys good, you'll ever meet. Guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, like, yeah, occasionally you see him around at the track, you know, otherwise. And, yeah, you know, he's still just the same guy. It doesn't matter. You just jump into, like, conversation, like, instantly. And he's got a yep. joke. Like, it's the first thing he says to you is a joke, and you're already cracking up. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, this, that's God right there. That's awesome. He's yep, a, he's for a sure. Tremendous guy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. Um. Trying. Yeah, we've we're we've covered a lot of ground. For yeah, sure. man. I, I uh, yeah. I hate to interrupt you, but we've had literally like it's been weird the last like three or four days. It's like with snow, like either. Uh, yeah. That's what I do in, uh, when I'm actually laid off from my uh, role at working at Best Excavating and Trucking, which is another sponsor of ours. And in, in the winter time, I plow snow, and um, so when we're not at the races, I'm plowing snow and uh yeah you've been it's getting been like it. the last couple days we get like an inch or maybe two inches or maybe you know a half inch but just enough to cause a mess and have me go out and plow so mm. the last three days i think i've had probably a total of about five hours of sleep oh man um i finally figured out what day it was today and <laughs> i was able to take a shower for the first time in a few days so oh, i'm wow. batting i'm doing pretty good right now but uh i'm ending up actually i'm um, getting things together to head back out to uh do the night shift and get things cleaned up again so jeez man <laughs> well yeah where i'm at if, yeah i was gonna say if any time you need me to let you go just let me know say the word and we'll we'll wrap it up but uh 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually, well, another quick story. I'm, I've been running around. It seems like that's all I do is run around nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that's but, pretty uh, much it. Your truck's I, always uh, on. Yeah, I'm, I took one of my crew members, Bernie, to the airport this morning at 5.30 in Appleton because he had to run to a wedding for a buddy of his. And so now I'm dropping their car back off, and um, I'm going to head back to my house and get ready to go plow snow. So I hate to run on you, but uh, it'd be a good time, I think, to uh, To depart. I get that, man. No, that's no big deal. We've been talking for quite a while anyways, and I mean, it's... Yeah, no, I could talk to you all day about that. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure we'd be stringing off subjects so far into the woods. It it would be insane. Like, I mean, we could could probably go another half hour to an hour just talking about that trip to uh, Minnesota, or back from Minnesota, when uh, Bernie and I were in the backseat with... uh, um, talking about how many trees are in the woods or something like that like we were talking stupid and uh but uh yeah man uh i get you i'm super happy that i could have you on my first podcast and i know i'll be having you on another one man very soon i want to hear more about how the races are going this year absolutely um yeah anytime all right man well thank you for your time and i'll catch you later man good luck tonight with the with this plowing man (laughs) you bet thank you all right see you man all right, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was Cody Knudsen, top tier driver. Or, or, yeah, driver for uh, top tier motorsports, number ninety eight Skidoo. He is uh, like my best friend. Had him had him as a friend for a long time. Known him since we were like twelve or thirteen or something like that. Um, yeah, and he's been on this journey for the longest time. You know, racing like it. It didn't seem. You know, up till a couple years ago, it didn't seem like he had been doing it that long. But now, I mean, when I really think about it, he's been doing it for at least 10 years um, that I even was helping him uh, with it. You know, before that, he was still racing. He was doing kitty cat racing. He started from the very bottom. And uh, now he's on that he's on that champ sled right now, you know, at the very top of uh, his sport. And it's great to see him uh, be able to kind of accomplish those dreams that you want, you know, like granted, um, he doesn't have, you know, the backing as well as some of the, you know, the best guys in his class. And, but, uh, that, you know, you can't expect that to happen, you know, with everybody. Even when you look at like NASCAR races, there's plenty of guys out there who don't have sponsors on their main hoods. You know, they're, they're not out there, you know, they're, they're still using some of their own money to get out there, uh, and race and compete and try to get maybe, you know, that, that backing and make it a pro life. Um, and, you know, like Cody said, he's still working. He works landscape in the summer, snow, uh, snow removal in the winter, you know, in order to, to keep up his dreams and, and take care of his family. Uh, he's uh, recently got married this uh, last fall to a wonderful woman that has also helped um, that race team tremendously. I mean, she is, uh, she does, she's the brains, honestly, behind everything. She gets everything done, um, you know, uh, that... That is such a necessity. I mean, you come to, like, hotel reservations, and, and every every little, like, calculation that so that Cody and the rest of the team can just think about racing. You know, she takes care of absolutely everything else. She's like a manager, basically. That's, that's you know, that's exactly what she is. She's, a, she's the race manager, for sure. And, uh, yeah, they're just, they're amazing. Uh, I love those guys to death. And, um, you know, especially that team. Uh, I've become friends um, with those guys. Uh for like you know as long as as long as they've been with uh coach race team kind of befriended them um like kyle uh kyle hop uh one of 
he's been with the race team, you know, forever now. He works with Cody at uh, Best, and um, they're just they're just amazing. Everyone that helps him out, and uh, it's a huge plus. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining my very first podcast here at Last I Heard. Um, we will have most likely we're gonna do one every two weeks, um, just so it's um, not. Um, too frequently, you know, I don't want to bug you guys too much. You guys don't need to listen to the BS um, every single week, and I don't expect you to. But I do. Who's ever listening to this one right now? I want to thank you very much because it's this is something that um, I didn't know, say, like two years ago. Didn't know anything about podcasts. Didn't really listen to podcasts. Started listening to just radio a little more, and then was kind of like, well, I need to listen to radio on my time. Not, you know, I need, I missed it at 6 a.m. or 8 a.m., um, people talking about what I want to hear. So I got into podcast listening, and um, huge one, you know, probably the most popular one in uh, the world right now, the Joe Rogan Experience. Starting getting into that one, like, hardcore, and now I'm here making my own. So, yeah, once again, thank you guys very much, and I will catch you guys in a couple weeks.